Hello, everybody, and welcome to Get Lit Minute, your weekly podcast for all things poetic, poetry, and poets. This series is produced by Get Lit Words Ignite, a nonprofit organization that uses poetry and spoken word to increase literacy and empower young people. My name is Jasmine Minchez, and in this podcast, we focus on the lives, history, and works of classic poets and modern day contemporary poets. This week, we're exploring Chinese American poet and educator Wang Ping. Wang was born on August 14, 1957, in Shanghai, and was raised on an island in the East China Sea. When she was 14, her family moved to the countryside to become farmers. A period of her life she's described as backbreakingly difficult because it was all manual labor. But these experiences also taught her a profound respect for nature and water, elements that would become major thematic focuses in her poetry career. Wang's childhood coincided with the height of Chairman Mao Zedong's Cultural Revolution, so her labor was ultimately a source of peace in the face of the frightening presence of the Red Guards, a paramilitary group sponsored by Chairman Mao. Primarily comprised of students, the Red Guards fought ruthlessly to frighten and suppress anything that suggested China's pre-communist past and anyone they viewed as dissidents. Like so many in China, Wang and her family were not spared. In her poignant and frequently heartbreaking short essay, *The Story of Ping: Living Through Mao and Trump*, Wang describes being paraded alongside her mom as a child through cobblestone streets, with their heads shaved as punishment for possessing banned books. She recalls, quote, "The fish banged on the cardboards around our necks." Big beauty snake. My mother was the island's beauty queen, and little poison weed. Eight-year-old ugly me. Our hair and clothes were covered with spit. Our faces bruised by rocks from the crowd. End quote. The essay reveals how Wang's discovery of her love of reading and learning is inextricably linked to the trauma of her youth during the ruthless censorship of the Cultural Revolution. It all began when she uncovered a box of banned books her mother had buried under a chicken coop: *Romeo and Juliet*, *Call of the Wild*, *Dead Souls*, *Dreams of the Red Chamber*. These were cherished books possessing her mother's signature, but they had been deemed poison weeds—an epithet given to anything that wasn't Mao's little red book. Young Wang read and shared these in secret with an underground book club made up of other curious children. When they were discovered, she and her mother were arrested and made examples of by both the Red Guard and other locals, even the young students of Wang's mother, who was a music teacher. Quote, "My mother took great pride in her image, especially in public." End quote. Wang recalls in her essay, quote, "But now shame and death were carved on her face." End quote. As terrifying as these experiences were, they did little to halt Wang's curiosity and only led her to ask more questions, to examine the suppression, and open her eyes to the power of literature. Wang writes, quote, "I left China to answer the yearning for freedom. I knew I'd not survive dictatorship with my love for thinking and speaking the truth. I found freedom in America, in academia. I thought." End quote. Wang was mostly self-taught throughout her youth, and learned by reading whatever she could get her hands on and listening when she could. She took her bachelor's degree in English literature from Beijing University before leaving for the United States, where she earned both a master's degree in English literature and a PhD in comparative literature from Long Island University and New York University, respectively. 
It wasn't until her education in the U.S. that she really began to write poetry herself, starting off mainly in pursuit of knowledge with just an educational appreciation of literature to compel her. In a 1999 interview with Daniel Kane, Wong explains, quote, Poetry in Chinese culture is so mysterious and so highly regarded, it's almost sacred. I'm sure I wanted to write poetry, but I never dared think of writing it." End quote. That all changed when one of her first mentors, Louis Warsh, noted New York school poet and a creative writing professor of hers at LIU, saw her talent early and encouraged her writing, even introducing her to Allen Ginsberg, who was looking for an interpreter for a Chinese poetry festival he was organizing in New York. The confidence she gained from that connection and her role in the event was foundational for Wong's entry into the greater poetry community. She continued her involvement with the poetry project in Manhattan's East Village, both attending and giving readings at St. Mark's Church in the Bowery and publishing her writing in the Poetry Projects magazine. Her experiences as a Chinese woman in the United States inform much of her writing, addressing the often opposing and frequently violent intersection between the two cultures. But her writing is equally informed by the beauty that comes from multiculturalism. Industrialization and the environment are also themes frequently found in both her poetry and nonprofit work. This is due in large part to the influence of her childhood working on the land in the Chinese countryside. Wong adamantly writes against the notion of there being any single correct way to write and speak English. As a speaker of English as a second language herself, she seeks to validate and emphasize the beauty of mixed language and the unique voice these purported shortcomings give a writer. Wong is the author of over a dozen collections of poetry and short stories, books of fiction and creative nonfiction, and translation anthologies. She has earned awards and fellowships from prestigious foundations including the National Endowment of the Arts, New York Foundation for the Arts, and the Minnesota State Arts Board. Her fourth and most recent poetry collection is My Name is Immigrant, which she released in 2020 with Hanging Loose Press. Wong also has a long career as an educator and has taught at many schools including Beijing University and the City University of New York. But for most of her career, she was a professor of creative writing at McAllister College in St. Paul, Minnesota, and after 21 years, she retired with the title of Professor Emerita. Wong still resides in Minnesota, where she is serving her two-year tenure as a state's poet laureate until 2023. Wong is known for her innovative and thoughtful multimedia exhibits, often using photography and documentary filmmaking to tackle topics of environmental activism, she founded the Kinship of Rivers Project at McAllister, which, to quote the organization's wonderful mission statement, brings rivers and river communities together through poetry, story, music, art, dance, food, prayer, flags, and paddling. In the years since its founding in 2012, Kinship of Rivers has planted more than 5,000 prayer flags along the banks of rivers on every continent. Wong loves being at McAllister in no small part due to its proximity to the Mississippi River, where she wakes up at 4 a.m. every morning to paddle. She describes poets as courageous warriors of truth, and in her aforementioned essay, frames her life as the story of Ping, a wild duck from the mouth of the Yangtze River, no longer afraid, who wants to bring peace and love to the Mississippi, to all the rivers and mountains on earth. She published a memoir of her connection to the rivers of the earth entitled Life of Miracles Along the Yangtze and Mississippi, and her book earned the 2017 AWP Creative Nonfiction Award. 
For today's episode, we're so excited to be reading Wang's acclaimed poem, Things We Carry on the Sea, which was first published in New American Poetry in 2018. The poem is written from the first-person perspective of refugees seeking a new home overseas, and uses anaphora throughout the start of almost every line to emphasize a single two-word phrase, we carry. By the end of the poem, the weight of that mighty load is palpable. This poem reflects on the preservation of culture during times of great transition, on the pursuit of safety, and on the generational impact of war. It also emphasizes the crucial role immigrants have played in the nations where they make their homes, and the back-breaking labor they take on without acknowledgement of their sacrifices in the countries they build. In the poem's final sentence, Wong uses one final repetition to allude to a vicious, never-ending cycle where war, exploitation, and environmental impacts will continue to displace, continue to separate, and continue the imperative to preserve culture in new places. So here is Things We Carry on the Sea by Wang Ping. We carry tears in our eyes. Goodbye father, goodbye mother. We carry soil in small bags, may home never fade in our hearts. We carry names, stories, memories of our villages, fields, boats. We carry scars from proxy wars of greed. We carry carnage of mining, droughts, floods, genocides. We carry dust of our families and neighbors incinerated in mushroom clouds. We carry our islands sinking under the sea. We carry our hands, feet, bones, hearts, and best minds for a new life. We carry diplomas, medicine, engineer, nurse, education, math, poetry, even if they mean nothing to the other shore. We carry railroads, plantations, laundromats, bodegas, taco trucks, farms, factories, nursing homes, hospitals, schools, temples, built on our ancestors' backs. We carry old homes along the spine, new dreams in our chest. We carry yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We're orphans of the wars forced upon us. We're refugees of the sea rising from industrial wastes. And we carry our mother tongues. I, hub, libe, amor, love. Pingan, salam, shalom, pas, peace. Shiwang, amol, hafnang, esperanza, hope, hope, hope. As we drift in our rubber boats from shore to shore to shore. I love that when Wang says shore to shore to shore. She doesn't resolve the phrase with any end punctuation. Instead, we get an ellipsis, three dots to let us know that as long as we let those boats drift, there is no neat resolution to the story. Wang Ping is a Chinese immigrant, and she could have chosen to write this poem just about the experience of immigrants from her country. In 1882, the United States passed the Chinese Exclusion Act, explicitly prohibiting the immigration of any laborers from China for 10 years. It was the only law to explicitly prohibit immigration and citizen naturalization on the basis of race, and it was extended again and again well into the 20th century. 
Meanwhile, Chinese immigrants literally built the railroads, worked in the mines, moved mountains. They built the country we live in now. Wang Ping is writing for those Chinese immigrants, but she makes her poem bigger than one group's story. She uses inclusive language, actually dozens of languages, to represent the millions of people from all over the world who built everything we love about this country. The people to whom she dedicates this poem carry the railroads, yes, but also the plantations, laundromats, bodegas, taco trucks, farms, factories, nursing homes, hospitals, schools, temples. How long will we let them drift, Wong asks, and it is our job to answer. Thank you guys so much for tuning in with us on all things Wong Ping. Make sure that you share this podcast with your friends and family members, and we will see you guys next week. Bye! Get Lit Minute is a production of Get Lit Words Ignite. This podcast is created by Samuel Curtis and executive produced by Diane Luby Lane and engineered by Rachel Preeby. The episodes this season were researched and written by Riley Kuda, Mila Frank, Dharma Lemon, Nia Lewis, Sakura Price, and Bridget Yang. Our production manager is Sophia Denunzio. Rachel Preeby is our digital editor, and our editorial advisor is Lauren Beebe. Special thanks to the entire GetLit staff and donors who make this work possible, the teachers who use this podcast to educate their students, and to all students of life everywhere for tuning in and spending time with us today. If you want to hear more, check out the rest of our episodes on our website, getlit.org. That's G-E-T-L-I-T dot O-R-G. See you there.